0: Gentlemen, we're back. We're back. Still here. Not me. enough. Fair.
1: Let's go. Two on one. We're back,
0: boys. Let's go.
1: We are. This is exciting. Bit. This is exciting because I can't wait to have this debate with Adam. Mm-hmm. I already so, know who one of his defensemen are for the Olympics, and I have major problems with it. So,
0: of course, dear listeners, today, Alex. Daniel and I will be looking at our fantasy Olympic teams. Now, we're not projecting a 2022 roster. We are saying if there was a winter, Olymp- winter Olympics say what our lines would be for Team Canada. Uh, it was going to be a format of 14 defensemen. For 14 forwards, seven defensemen, three goalies. But I know Daniel has gone a bit um, yeah. over the top, but in a good way. That's part of Daniel's charm, and of course, you know, I can't wait to hear Daniel's lines especially, because you said that you wrote an article about this kind of thing a few
2: not that long ago, right? Yeah, I did, but so much has changed in two years.
0: Yeah, Brayden right points a thing. Yeah. Brian O'Reilly's re-emerged as a dominant uh, two-way center, and uh, later on we'll also be looking at the 2019-2020 NHLPA player polls. Who's the best goalie in the world, the best player, all in the eyes of those who really matter, and that is the players, even though their answers are probably two, three years out of date. Anyway, lads, let's start off with looking at our own lines. Now, uh, I know I've already talked a lot so far, but we teased my lines at the end of the last episode of, of course, our Moneyball Bizarre Adventures episode. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Great movie. Uh, So, guys. Would you like to hear my goalies, my defensemen, or my forwards first? Uh, Goals. Any
2: order you like. Okay, go goalies. Okay. You know who they are.
0: Yeah, my three goalies are, if you really look at Canadian goaltending, Corey Crawford's not the same. Braden Holby's not really the same. Marc-Andre Fleury's had a really tough year. So I've decided to go kind of the opposite route for Hockey Canada for two of my goalies, and I've gone youth. That's, of course, um, Carter Hart and Jordan Bennington. Uh, Richmond Hill's own Jordan Bennington. And my third goalie, man, he's probably going to be the starter. I think he would be today. Um, that is the man who in international competition is undefeated and has a goals-against average of point nine nine. Former World Junior gold and silver medalist. Uh, he was, of course, the Sochi goalie for Canada. Another gold medal there. And that is, of course, the man you see oh, in the okay. frame. His goalie mass is right there. Newman number 31. Carrie
1: Price there we go I'm surprised he, you didn't put him to be honest I'm surprised you didn't put him as your starter
0: Oh no he, he is the starter I just wanted to save him for last
1: Oh okay my oh.
0: I have uh, Bennington's the technical backup because he's the Stanley he's a, the reigning defending Stanley Cup champion goaltender and I really really like Carter Hart and not just because Carrie Price is his favorite player so um, he's a good goalie Carter Hart I really like him uh, especially at the World Juniors too And he has that really, really, really really weird routine for a goaltender where at warm-up he has to be the last person off the ice. It's very strange to me. Um, I'm going to save my defenseman for last because I know that's going to cause some debate here. Um, My extra four words, I'm going to start with them. I have Sean Couturier and Ryan O'Reilly. Sean Couturier is my only flyer because I think he is a better, more complete player than Claude Giroux at this point of their careers. My first line is the line that was, it's kind of been Canada's real top line over the past few international competitions. Uh, And that is, of course, the line of, the combination of Sidney Crosby, left wing Brad Marchand, right wing Patrice Bergeron. I don't think there's, (laughs) really, this probably the second, if not the best player in the world, Sidney Crosby, Probably one of, if not the most complete players in the world, Patrice Bergeron, and just a dynamic rat that isn't Brad Marchand. I don't know. And he scored some big goals in his career, as Brad Marshall. Of course, looking at the last World Cup of Hockey, where he got the um, the game tying goal, I believe, for Team Canada before Jonathan Taves got the game winner. My second line, I've gone speed, speed, speed. That is Con McDavid on his right wing, the best player in the world, uh, Nathan McKinnon. And on his left wing, Mr. All Hockey himself, Mark Scheifley. My third pairing, I've gotten some Leafs uh, along with uh, a French-Canadian. I have John Tavares, Mitch Marner on his right, and on his left, I have Jonathan Huberto. My fourth line, I have Steven Stamkos, because I still think he has a place. I know he's not the 60-goal scorer he once was, but I still think he's an Olympian. On the left wing of this line, I have Braden Point, of course, a fantastic two-way player. He's also got some wheels on him. And my fourth line center, this guy is still an Olympian, and no one in international play has scored more big goals. I know we think of Crosby's golden goal, but beside that, World Juniors, Olympics, World Cup of Hockey game winner, I have Jonathan Tapes, and he is the captain of my team. And my head coach is Joe Quindle, by the way. My defenseman. My seventh defenseman is Kale McCarr. My top pairing is Thomas Chabot and Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo would be the more stay-at-home guy. You let Thomas Shabbat go do what he wants. My second pairing, I have Morgan Riley, the go-do-what-you-want offensive dude, and his stay-at-home partner will be Montreal Canadiens captain, Shea Weber. Then, of course, my bottom pairing is uh, I think both these guys are going to be a bit of a shock. I have Dougie Hamilton, um, who's, of course, the offensive do-what-you-want guy, and his defensive partner, Mr. Stay-at-home. Quebec's own, Mark edouard Vlasic, the Vlasic champion. <laughs> so, what do you
1: think, guys? I like it. I have a problem with Mark edouard Vlasic. Okay. Let's talk about it. Okay, if you at the beginning, you told me that we're making our teams based on what? On if we were going to Olympics this year, right? Yes. Okay, Mark Edward Vlasic has showed me nothing this year. He looked like an absolute ghost. Hmm. So what are you? Yeah. What, what What's he gonna do for you? Uh, what, I think everyone in the Sharks organ. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was gonna say like I know you followed, and I, and I think we had this discussion just before <clears throat> we started. Is we like. We felt confined to following the left-handed defenseman on the left and the right-handed defenseman on the right. Mm-hmm. I would, I'd rather put Kale McCarr in the lineup than Mark Edward Vlasic.
0: I don't trust. I don't. The only thing with Kale McCarr is I don't quite trust him. On see, what I went with is it's not just the hockey Canada left-right thing. It's just what I believe. I think it's right. easier. If you split them, lefties on the left, righties on the right. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to have an offensive defenseman and a stay at home, I can trust you defenseman. Okay. And the only lefties I can think of was Mark Giordano, but I don't trust him defensively either. And also, Kale McCarr is a fantastic defenseman in this league, but I don't know if I can quite. I don't think he's shown enough that I can put this guy against the best players in the world, especially against the United States, who. I think all of us looked at players who Team Canada, saw an American player, and thought, "Oh, oh my! <laughs> the States have turned it around very quickly." Right. So I just I don't trust Kale McCarr in that scenario quite yet. Um, and yeah, I I couldn't think of another left-handed defenseman. I always I almost chose Ryan Suter. Then you guys pointed out that he was American. So uh, yeah, But yeah, you you got a point with Vlasic,
1: you do. That's the only thing. Like, I I think if you if you look, I mean we i think we had this discussion last episode just towards the end i mean next season he can completely turn it around i think he's on the wrong side of 30 how old is he 32 i believe 32 he's 32. 30 he just turned he just turned 33 oh on march 30th
2: wow. happy birthday
1: happy <laughs> belated birthday mark edward Vlasic. and you know he looked like a complete ghost this year i mean it doesn't help The San Jose Sharks in general just look like absolute ghosts for most of the year. If they turn it around next season, I mean, it's a possibility that he Mm -hmm. turns it around. I just don't know if what he's done this season, I feel like based on his age, it's more likely to continue on until next season, even if he bounces back a little bit. Mm-hmm. That, that's Dan- the only reason I wouldn't have Mark Edward Vlasic.
0: I get it. Um, Daniel, before I ask you about Vlasic, did you have him on your 2018 roster? If you have that... Uh, in-
2: Sorry. i think Yeah, I did, because like there's so many guys that take offensive risks, I think, on the right side that you need to kind of balance it out a bit. And I don't know, like, that whole thing we talked about, Mark Edward Vlasic, it's a bit, like a recurring theme Like when we're looking at all these stats, making these lines. How many guys on like who are Canadian underachieved this year like examples like Sean Monahan, or right. who else like a bunch of guys like Claude Giroux isn't it's okay he's still plus seven
0: Jordy Ben's been sorry Jamie Ben's been
2: that hurt me to keep him off the roster that really hurt me. <laughs> like that one, one was $1, like
0: a dollar player He's overrated.
2: I thought he was sure Everyone,
0: everyone talks about, about Tyler Sagan as a god. I don't think has the guy ever eclipsed eighty points, or has he done it more than once?
2: Um,
0: I'll I'll double check. But like, what do you make of? Uh, you talk about defensive liabilities and that. Would you put? I guess we're gonna get to your list in a second. But would you trust Mark Ador of Vlasic and not just? I have, I very purposely put him in the top six, but sorry, a, a bottom pairing, safe position there. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a role that you would use a guy like him if you did select him for the team? Because we do know that Hockey Canada, to their detriment, two thousand six, have a problem with loyalty to the previous players.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's not at a point now where it was how 06 was, where like you had like Ed Jovanovsky, Adam Foote making up these lines. Like he, like is like thirty three, but it's not like how it was then where. They were so hesitant to bring the younger guys in. I remember Crosby was ripping it up in his rookie season, and they ah. still didn't use him. Or, um, I don't know, it was weird. Like They picked Jay Bollmeister, who was still kind of young at that age, at that time, but they don't bring Crosby in. Right.
1: It is a problem of hockey candle. Um, um, Tyler Sagan passed 80 points twice. Uh, last year, he had 80 points in 82 games. And in 2013-2014, he passed 80 points. He had 84. So, Tyler Sagan,
0: first-line center? Yeah. Is he a first-line center on a contender? I don't think so.
1: Um,
2: Okay. He's like a Malkin player, I think. He's like...
1: Malkin's better.
2: Malkin's yeah, Malkin is Malkin better. Is better. Yeah. Malkin but I mean, like...
0: He's a monster truck, is Evgeny Malkin. And he's, Did you? Yeah. Did you guys see the video of NHL players saying who their favorite players were growing up? No. So right. Sean Couturier, who of course is a um, is a Philadelphia Flyer, said F. Kenny Malkin, and he, said <laughs> he had a smirk because they've been like killing each other for a decade. <laughs> really good, yeah, love it. Uh, do we want to move on then? Sure. All right. All right
1: Alex, uh, you go first. Like, yeah. You want me to go first? Okay. So Mike. Code- s- pardon.
2: Oh, no, I'm just like I'm laughing I'm like I'm trying to second guess my lines oh. when I hear Adam. Adam. I'm happy uh, to second guess it. I get to hear yours.
1: My is my coach is John Cooper. All right. Um but my extra goalie Carter Hart and my, my two goalies are the same as Adams. Uh Carey Price starting Jordan Jordan Binnington backing him up. Uh, I guess I'll start with defense, and then I'll go to forwards. My extra defenseman is Ryan Ellis. First pairing is Morgan Riley Shea Weber, same as Adam. My second pairing pairing is Alex Petrangelo on the left and Dougie Hamilton on the right. And my bottom pairing is Thomas Shabbat, Kale McCarr.
0: That I that's did you say sorry that you had Hamilton? Did you say you had Petrangelo on the left and Hamilton on the right, or did I mishear that? No, you I like, can And it was Shabbat, and who was his partner? Sorry,
1: Kale I'm just gonna McCarr. write
0: Kale McCar. All right, that's interesting. I like that. I like how you gave you gave respect to Dougie Hamilton as well, because I love that's a good player. And Ryan Ellis is your extra guy, eh? Yeah. Bye-bye. Of, it was of.
1: gonna be Giordano, and then I said he had. I, I don't know. I just prefer Ryan Ellis, not yeah. uh, maybe because he's right-handed. I I don't know, but uh, I don't know. whatever. Okay, my Great forwards. Beard. Pardon? Great beard too. True. My forwards. Uh, I have actually have the same extras: uh, Sean Couturier and Ryan O'Reilly. My first line (laughs) is so stupid. (laughs) So stupidly good. All right. This is like the punch. Like you just get punched in the face. On the left, Connor McDavid. All right. I like it. Down the uh, uh, centerman, Sidney Crosby. I hope you're about to do what I think you're about to do. And on the right... Nathan McKinnon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I don't
1: They're know. They're
0: faster than you. They're better. Are they, Sid's not going to work you along the boards. Then okay. you've got McKinnon with a nasty shot. That's just not fair.
1: Not fair at all. Okay. You my, pardon? You don't touch the puck if you're the no, other team. Absolutely not. Um, my second line, and this is where my other – uh, winger that you didn't have this okay. is like the shutdown shutdown line on the left you have Brad Marchand mm-hmm. down the middle you have Patrice Bergeron everybody Pat and on the right Mark Stone
0: oh okay that's a good shout all right go old Marky
1: yeah you gotta have a shutdown player and, and we had this discussion before, right? We were talking about having like a gritty guy. Like, would you put? We were talking about Chris Kunitz. I said, you know, I thought about putting someone like Brendan Gallagher. Probably, I would have put Tom Wilson if I had to choose anyone. But I think Mark Stone is that defensive forward that say, "Screw the grit, just someone who can go get the puck," mm-hmm. or some a, a forward who can get back, which is exactly what you have in Mark Stone. My third line. On the left, John Tavares. Okay. Down the middle, Jonathan Taze. Ah, boy, Taylor. On the right, Mitch Marner. Oh.
0: You think a beer has changed our opinion on Jonathan Taze, by the way? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: Daniel, and for the listeners who don't know, there is a uh, very nice girl named the beer in our program, right? Uh, yeah, Coach Daniel, you know it. And for yeah. some reason, I don't know how it happened, but she started, like, talking, I think she heard me and Alex talk about, uh, Alex and I talk about, um, hockey in class once, and she's just like, the only thing about hockey I care about is Jonathan Kays, and she just starts sending us pics to, like, <laughs> Jonathan Kays and a chicken, like, it was the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing in the world, but when you, when you, uh, sorry to like, interrupt you, Alex, but you guys ever notice when you see see a lot of Team Canada jerseys, you always see Jonathan Taves. I see no. Taves on yeah. Crosby.
2: Good Canadian boy.
0: Oh <laughs> boy. No personality, but.
1: Literally, definition of good Canadian boy. <laughs> um, f- <laughs> fourth line Mark Shifley on the left. Mm-hmm. Steven Stamkos down the middle. And Braden Point on the right. I like it. Braden Point. That guy is so good. And captain is Sidney Crosby. Well, what I
0: like a lot about your forward line is, yeah, you got Sid who's not going to – that whole top line is just not fun. The second line is such a good shot point, as you said. The third line, too, you have Jonathan Taves. Tavares, another guy who's not going to get knocked off the puck. And, again, Braden Point on that fourth line, he was, should be a selfie candidate.
1: Yeah. I. So when I made this – This team and I was. I think I was telling you this before the podcast. I'm looking at this team, and and I think there's so many good Canadian players that I feel like I'm missing out on someone really important, but I have no idea who
2: it is. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way. Yeah,
1: like I was thinking. Okay, can I plug? Like I know we were talking. We were just talking about Tyler Sagan. I'm like, okay, could I potentially plug Tyler Sagan into this lineup? Probably somewhere. But then, who the hell do you take out? It's really difficult. Yeah. Which is a good thing, obviously. Oh, really yeah.
0: <clears throat> You're in a rough spot when you have to fight between Sagan or Ryan O'Reilly. Not. <laughs> what do we do? Uh, <laughs> uh, Phil Castle or. Uh, I don't know. Who's the guy on Detroit? Um, just uh, who, an advocator. Justin an applicator. You know, you're in a bad spot when you need just an applicator to make your international team. The state's the World Cup of hockey. Meanwhile, the Canadians are trying to decide between a Conn Smythe winner and Steven Stamkos.
1: Well, another, and I think he was an extra in your lineup. Was Jonathan Huberto? No, he was on my third line. He was on your third line. Well, I, I was. He was going to be one of my. Originally, so when I I made this lineup I uh, Friday night, my original extras for this team were Matt Barzell and Jonathan Huberdeau. I forgot about Barzell. And then I came back the next day, I looked up Canadian hockey players and I just wrote a bunch of them down. And I'm like, okay, Sean Couturier, Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, both of them are somewhat def. Like I think Ryan O'Reilly is probably. One of the best two-way players in (laughs) the NHL,
0: reigning Selkie winner, I believe.
2: Yeah,
1: yes, and like you can kind of just plop him in the lineup, and there you go. Like he'll produce, he'll produce numbers for you, and he's a two-way forward. I Mm -hmm. don't see what the issue is there. Same, and the same goes with Sean Couturier. Like, they're easy players to just pop in, whereas Tyler Sagan, it's like, okay, what is he giving? His apps. Right? What, like, Matt Barzell, what, yes. what What are you getting from Matt Barzell? You're probably getting one of two things that both these players can give you.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Mm-hmm. You know that... Yeah, the good thing about Barzell is, like perfectly to add to your point there, you know Matt Barzell will buy into a system because of the way the Islanders play, but you also know his offensive talent from his call of the year, but then the problem is there's just so many offensive weather- weapons that are better than Mark Barzell, and again, your extra players are just better defensively than him. Of course, Ryan O'Reilly, Couturier,
1: Bergeron, Salkis, all there, right? <laughs> so it makes sense. If I can just add on, and I think eventually, like within the next few years, if the NHL does go to the Olympics, Matt Barzal, like the players we, the young players we were just talking about, like Jonathan Huberdo's how old? Twenty? He's twenty six. Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, Matt Barzal, like these players can eventually make it. Like Jonathan Tay's, sorry, he's not getting any younger. Uh, Patrice Bergeron not getting any younger right? like those are two players that are going to come out eventually like it doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon but Sidney Crosby is getting older Mm -hmm. right like players are going to be coming out
0: yeah I mean hey and Carey Price isn't getting any younger either I think he's 32 33 in August so it's uh, he's the same age as Sidney Crosby so I mean, who's going to be the third goalie? And you know how good is Carter Hart going to be in a few years and that. But anyway, um, sorry. Before we keep going on, then Daniel, I'm very yes. interested to know about yours. I, I'm really, really. You've got the thick framed glasses. You've got the great headphones, guys. I said, you know what? I feel like I don't have. I should put my glasses on too, so we all match and go get my awesome. headphones.
1: Like, so gorgeous. you look like Kyle Dubis. Well, oh, wow. you know,
0: with with our system here with the Toronto Maple Leafs. We look at how a player can fit into our program, uh Daniel, um, Alex, and you know, we we really look at their skill set both on and and off the ice, of course.
2: That's really good. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. much better. I than that.
0: <laughs> Daniel, tell us about your team Canada.
2: All right, so before I get into it, I did this list 2 years ago and I kind of said again, it's changed so much. Um I don't know, I have this feeling, too, now, like, things... I've, I've missed out on a few people, but uh, we'll see how it goes. So, I kind of went overboard. I picked, like... I mean, I picked four goalies. Uh, and I picked... How many is that? I picked... <laughs> I picked nine defensemen. <laughs> and... Um... <laughs> uh, uh, with forwards, actually, no, I was okay with forwards. Oh. Like I, uh, I kept it to 13.
1: That's good. <laughs> All, right,
2: All right, so goalies. So, yeah, in terms of experience and consistency, Carey Price is number one. <clears throat> um, Jordan Bimington clear cut, number two. Um, and for number three, it was a bit of a toss-up. So I went from who mm-hmm. might be the future and who's been there before but ne- technically never had a chance to play and he has had a bit of a rough season. Yeah. But it's been good the last two and a half years, so my third goalie is going to be either Carter Hart mm-hmm. or Marc-Andre Fleury.
0: I figured you go with Marc-Andre. When you said who hasn't gotten the chance to play but's been there, Fleury came yes. to mind right away.
2: I know, you know, I I don't want him to just be there with the jersey again when they win the gold medal. He probably will be if he yeah.
0: But you know he's okay with it because he's the best person on this
2: planet. Yes. Oh, before I get into defensemen, I forgot to say my coach is Barry Trotz. Wow. Barry? I went for that because <clears throat> what you guys kind of talked about was he likes having that system, but at the same time, too, he has the ability to kind of adjust to, I guess, players doing what they could do offensively, like the Ovechkin, Backstrom, because Kuznetsov examples.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I have Thibault this I have this feeling Daniels are going to have the most defensive team out of
2: the three of us. <laughs> Just by okay. picking
1: Barry Trotz. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Um. So I found the defenseman probably the toughest, to be yeah. honest. You know, we're getting out of the Mike Babcock left-right balance. So, you know, Dan Hamhuis doesn't make the team this time, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> So, my first pairing, and you guys probably disagree with this, but it's kind of something I've always kind of liked. They, they tried it a bit at the World Cup of Hockey. So, Alex Petrangelo on the left. And for me, Drew Doughty makes it still. Wow. Okay. His defensive numbers, <clears throat> how he's been playing on a really bad Kings team, it's still there. I think his game's still there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> In terms of experience, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I went with... I went with a lot of experience on the second pairing. So this was the more balanced one. So it's Marjorie Dano and Shea Weber. I like it. Third, third pairing is Thomas Shabbat and Dougie Hamilton. And for seventh defenseman, oh, man, this was a toss-up. So I, have th- I have a tie of three, and I'll give you the reasons why. So Kale McCarr, because he's a rising superstar, mm-hmm. he's kind of proven it. But same thing that you guys said, I don't think I could trust him yet. Being inserted into the lineup. Um, third is Mark Edward Vlasic, you know, good left hand shot guy. You know, he's been to have a rough year too in San Jose, but I think he could, he could be he could still be a good asset. You know, we're not like like we said, we're not picking like a thirty six year old Ed Jovanovski for this team. This yeah. is a guy that he still could play. Um, no offense to Ed, if he's, here, <laughs> if he's listening to this. Um, and third, I okay. This was kind of like a Scott Niedermeyer type 2010 pick. Like he's not going to be the captain, but you know, we saw the left hand shot, veteran guy, um, Duncan Keith.
0: Okay, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> I, uh, let's get this straight. So you're picking Duncan Keith, the ghost of go, the ghost of Duncan Keith, but you're not going to pick
2: Morgan <laughs> Riley. I don't know. That was my question. I love Morgan Riley, but like, I I don't know. It's just like he's, I guess like maybe he's been overshadowed by the injuries or Mm -hmm. more so. I I don't know. Like like he doesn't have the experience that I think that when you go up, like, you know, if I'm going to pick a Thomas Shabbat or a Dougie Hamilton, you know, these are guys that they're pretty new to the program that, you already have those type of guys already there who like to be honest are doing a bit better they're doing a lot better this year than him that like it's like if I'm gonna pick Thomas Shabbat and I'm gonna pick a left hand guy who's like in his prime or a guy like Dougie Hamilton on the right like I I don't I feel like I didn't have to pick Morgan Riley you know one thing about Thomas Shabbat, you talk about experience he's never
0: had the Olympics but if you remember I think it was 16 or 17 when he was on the World Juniors team Yeah. Metal game they lost in overtime because Troy, goddamn Terry for the States. I remember, Jordan Greenwood was on that team too for the States. Shabbat played like 50 minutes. Yeah. Because oh, Noah Jules was on the team. And I kept, I wanted, you know, Dominic Duchar put my boy out there, but it, it's Thomas Shabbat. And the guy was in, incredible. I remember they said that year that he was the best player not playing in
1: the NHL. And yeah. He's come out and just just proved it. And, um, and he's played 30 minutes multiple times this year. in games, oh yeah. In games that have not gone to overtime.
0: No, it's incredible the amount he plays. And uh, before I give you too much grief about the Duncan Key thing, I forgot that was your seventh defenseman. So yes. sorry about that.
2: <laughs> All right. Um, here, going to forwards. Oh, and the forward one was really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So, actually, no, I lied. So I didn't have 13 forwards. I have a tie for the 13th forward between three players. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you have 15th?
2: Yeah. <laughs> how, uh, how big okay. is your roster? Uh, it's pretty big. But, like, you know, I cut it down. It took me so long to cut it down. That's oh. why, like, I like, told you guys, like, hold on, wait, guys, wait. Because like, I, I'm pretty sure I had, like, 20 forwards at one point. hmm <laughs> again like i said it's been so long like so many years of uh the mike babcock system that it's already in your mind that oh what about my left right balance
1: right
0: oh man when i got to my bottom six of forwards i kept saying i'm like yeah but should i put should i put hubert on the left or should i put him on the right? and i said no we're not gonna worry about that we're putting the best player but yeah you're forwards who's your who's your top line here daniel
2: Top line is I'm gonna go with the same thing system same thing Adam said. Patrice Bergeron, Sidney Crosby, Brad Marchand, mm-hmm. most effective and the line I trust the most to be honest. Second second line is John Tavares, Connor McDavid, and Nathan McKinnon.
0: Ooh. Mac, who's your centerman there?
2: Um, I could go to anybody. I'm going with Connor McDavid.
0: All right. McD, and then you got Johnny T. <clears throat> I like how sh- all tried to keep. Sorry to interrupt, but I like how no we all, all three of us have put McKinnon and Cross. I say McKinnon and McDavid together in some way, shape, or form, because it's just they're gone. You can't touch them. Sorry, your third line.
2: No problem. Uh, so this is my shutdown pair, my shutdown line. Um, I like that uh, Alex kind of mentioned this as well, but I'm gonna go with Sean Couturier. Jonathan Taves and Mark Stone.
0: Man.
2: I think that's like a perfect balance of a line of like size and two way games.
0: They're going to have one turnover the entire tournament. (laughs) Nothing's going to happen there. No, no, that's the penalty kill, too. That's the penalty kill. It's just those guys. You don't need a fifth
2: fifth player. That's it. All right. And my fourth line is Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, and Mitch Marner.
0: That's ooh. I
2: like that a lot. That's my energy line.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mitch Marner's there with the Mountain Dew, feeding it to Stammer with the one timer, Braden Point's your responsible. I'm assuming Braden Point's also your centerman there.
2: Yeah, you know, it switches between him and Snap Ghost, but I'll probably put Brayden Point. I know they've been doing that a lot in Tampa already.
0: hmm And sorry, I just to double check. Does it matter if it's Katuri or Taves as your third line center? Does it matter?
2: No. I'd put Taves as center.
0: Okay.
2: It doesn't matter. It really
0: matters. And, and who are the three extra forwards that tied for uh,
2: Okay, so I'll give you the reasons why. <laughs> yep. So when I was doing the Mike Babcock mentality, mm-hmm. the left the left balance was uh Taylor Hall. I know he's not having the best well he's having no K season. I had Taylor Hall there.
0: Alright. We'll talk uh, about that.
2: In terms of consistency, I had Tyler Sagan. Okay. He could play left. He could play the center or the left side. Okay. And I guess like if you want that added centerman who plays the defensive, like he plays the great two-way game defensively, um, Ryan O'Reilly.
1: So no Mark okay. Scheife. Did you sorry? What was your first line again? I I it cut out for me.
2: Oh, Bergeron, Crosby, and Marchand. Oh, okay. so on top of hockey line. Yeah. So uh, no something Mark- Barry, I think, would involve this.
1: So no Mark Shifley.
2: To be honest, like, I don't know where I'd fit him. <laughs> I tried my best, because like once you get keep going down the lines, like the one thing I kind of thought about is like, would he be on the second line? But then what would I put Tavares? He's not like a shutdown kind of guy, right? And then does he push out like Stamkos or Braden Point? And then that, that's when it kind of got a bit murky.
1: Okay, why yeah. did you put – sorry, sorry. Why did you put Taylor Hall?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I think that was like my first instinct of like the 13th forward kind of thing. That's when I started adding more guys. I'm like, wait, no, I don't need the left side balance where like you don't need that pure left wing kind of guy. You could just kind of – you could literally have a team full of centers.
1: Right. Because, you know, I understand the Taylor Hall, sorry, the Tyler Sagan having him in the team. Like I I talked about before, like that's a guy who you can have as an extra. I don't necessarily think he makes the lineup. Yeah. But I, like, and, and things could completely change next year depending where he signs and who he's playing with. And his performance could just be completely different. But what I saw from Taylor Hall this year. I don't know if it may, if he, it was good enough to say, okay, uh, you can take out, like for me, it'd be either Sean Couture or Ryan O'Reilly. I don't necessarily know if he t- did enough to take either one of those guys out.
2: Mm-hmm. But that's, that's just true. me. Taylor was like an interesting guy. where like He'll put up that 93-point season with a New Jersey Devil team the way they were built. Mm-hmm. But then he'll go to like like this year with trying same thing with the Devils and Arizona, where he, like you know it's a quality game, but at the same time, like you could argue like, oh, he doesn't have that top line center feeding him. So I'm like, it'd be nice to see, you know, if he plays on a team like this, where he's never played on a team like this, what he can produce. But like, Rick guy.
0: like Rick Nash never had the Centerman that he had.
2: Yeah, that's what I kind of felt, but I don't know. It's just interesting player. Um, yeah.
1: Do you know what I find funny about our teams? What is we didn't do? We didn't do something that for sure Hockey Canada would have done. We didn't. I, what?
0: I, to an extent, like no, I don't know. Canada- there's
1: one thing that none of us did. One animals. one type of player that none of us included. Old washed up dude. Yeah, old washed up dude. That probably shouldn't be there, but then you could argue Vlasic or what? No, a guy with grit. Like, just pure grit and that's it. Uh, like we talked about Chris Kunis no. before the show. We talked about Chris no. Kunis before the show, uh, before we started recording. And what else, sorry, but what else does he give you?
2: That's true. I in- think we're- we don't have our Brendan Morrow this year, guys. We don't have our Brendan Morrow type of guy. Well,
0: we were, we were talking about it before the show. Uh, actually, Grigley, who's your captain? Most
1: important thing. Sydney oh, screen. captain. Oh, sorry, not me.
2: Um, it's a toss-up, to be honest. Like, I, I was going to do the same thing kind of Adam did, where you give it to a guy that never got to have it. So i probably pick either Taves or Shea Weber.
0: And then who are your four alternate captains that you want to get at? I'm kidding.
2: Uh, uh, Okay. (laughs) I guess Bridgeron, Cosby, (laughs) Petrangelo, and Tavares.
0: All right. Before I ask you a question, quick thing. Is it Petrangelo or Peter Angelo?
2: Petrangelo. Petrangelo.
0: All right. Uh, and okay serious question here because you just talked about Chris Kunitz and we were talking about I think when you first joined the call Daniel is in 2006 I think no not 2006 was it 2010 when Steve Iser in his first um, Olympics as GM of Team Canada shows you know part of that team is Chris Kunitz who I don't think is on 14 sorry 14 yeah he was on 14 14 now was that the was that the year or was it 2010 where Martin St. Louis was left off
2: uh, Martin Stanley was left off both teams, to be honest. But then he, he got his way on to 14.
0: Okay. So I'm just trying to think, of in what world does Chris Kunitz make a team before the leading scorer in Tampa Bay history?
2: They Because, I don't know, like, I remember, uh, I believe it was TSN, they talked about it, where Team Canada has this really bad, like, they're really bad, like, habit to kind of go with the chemistry. I remember, like, 2010, the third <laughs> line was, like, Joe Thornton, Danny Heatley, and Patrick Marlowe.
0: Yeah, and Perico, then, Perico Petrangelo from the World Cup of Hockey is another one.
2: Yeah, and then you kind of go with... They kept doing that. Like, like, we couldn't find someone for Crosby. But the thing is, Kunitz eventually dropped off the first line. Like, I remember they started experimenting with, like, Jamie Benn and Patrice Bergeron with Crosby. So weird. Or something too, like 2010. Brendan Morrow made the team.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like the um, hockey Canada would pick a guy like Tom Wilson. Like Tom, it's not that Tom Wilson isn't good. Like we know that he has grit and he can put up points if he wants to. But think about all the names we just named. Mm-hmm. How many guys would you take off? Like, who the hell would you take off to put on Tom Wilson?
0: I don't know who you do. I, I honestly, I, I don't know. Maybe they look at Hockey Canada, looks at a player like, ah, oh, Jonathan Huberto's never been on this stage before. And they take him you know, I I just don't think... I wouldn't be surprised if he was somehow named to a team like this, but, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there's a real spot for him. I don't know who you take off this team to put him in. But, again, this is the same group of people who didn't put Norris Trophy winner PK Subban on an Olympic team.
2: What in 2014? mm mm-hmm. No, he was on the team. He was the seventh defenseman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For all of you listening on the audio, I was playing with a deck of cards. I slammed them on my table. My arms
1: are not crossed. Who played in 2014? Who was your right defenseman? Because it was Babcock, so there's no way. Right? 2014 was still Babcock?
2: Yeah. It was like Doughty. Okay. Uh, um, Weber. Weird, I can actually pull it up. Like I know it? Just Dan, Dan Hamhuis was on the team because he was a left-hand shot. God.
1: See that's just un- that's inexcusable. You know what the thing is though is like he was so for for me I look at people talking about that he was so for having left hand defenseman on the left, right hand defenseman on the right, until he had Ron Hainsey.
2: Yeah, that's
1: a weird and one.
2: Yeah, so right hand shots were Drew Doughty. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of left. Uh, yeah, Drew Doughty, Alex Petrangelo. And Shea Weber. And Shea Weber, and then Subban is the seventh defenseman. And the left side was Jay Bolmeister, Dan Hampus, and Duncan Keith.
0: Now, Keith was still good back then. I think Petrangelo, sorry, and I think Bolmeister was, was too. Was old, but yeah. Dan Hampus? Really?
2: Our third goalie was Mike Smith. Excuse me? This is 20, what year is this, 2014.
0: Okay, yeah, he wasn't the starter though. No, even that man, CP. Don't disrespect Carey Price. Was that was that was Flurry or Luongo who was the third goalie that year? It
2: is Luongo. This is when Flurry was kind of getting that rough patch a bit. That's yeah. when the Penguins were kind of not making those runs anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. We all thought they were done, and then, oh, hey, we're going to win back-to-back cups. Right. Uh, I want to ask you guys one thing. Where were you when Sidney Crosby scored the Golden goal?
1: In my basement.
2: Mm-hmm. Watching the game. In my living room with my family.
1: So,
0: when it went in, how loud did you guys
1: scream? How high did you jump?
2: Uh, oh, I jumped.
1: So, the thing was, I w- yeah, I was excited. I don't think I understood. Like, I was 10. I I think I was just getting into hockey mm-hmm. around then. So I don't know if I, like, I don't think I had this, I don't think I had the same reaction uh, I would have had today or even, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't think I understood fully what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Was it, correct me if I'm wrong, was there a snowstorm that day?
2: I was know. it? I no, I don't I don't think so. I remember a lot of people celebrating downtown, so I don't remember.
0: Hey, I mean, man, there's a pandemic going on, people are still partying. <laughs> uh, but cuz I remember that I'm pretty sure I was actually out of rink and I remember on my way there, mom puts on the radio so we can listen to the music, which I've never done before. Uh, I hate listen, I hate just listening to games. I need to watch it. And I remember that there was a group of us around the snack shop watching this dinky little TV when the game happened and the goal was scored. And uh, Again, I wasn't a big hockey guy back then, but I couldn't help but get excited when it's happened. It's it's such a shame. Do you guys remember a few weeks ago, there was um, a hockey night in Canada thing, and Elliot Friedman was talking to Sidney Crosby about the golden goal in that whole game, of course. States come back towards the end of the period to tie it up for us, OT. And they're showing all these clips, right? But then you get to the golden goal. You don't get to see it.
1: But you do know that uh, the ref did kick the puck to Jerome again, though, right? I don't care. <laughs> I,
0: don't, I don't care.
1: <laughs> that doesn't matter to me. That's a gold medal, and I'm
0: going to look at and say, yeah, that's mine. Bye. I don't care.
2: For me, personally, 2010 was... It's my favorite Olympic team. Like everything came together for me and that that was like I, know, that, I don't know. Everything was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um like all my two thousand because like two thousand three draft is probably like one of my favorite drafts because like it was all the guys I watched in the real juniors afterwards when yeah. I like really got into hockey. So like Gets, Laff Perry, Flurry, Bergeron, they all made the team. Eric Stahl.
1: Eric Stahl was the
2: 2000. And then, you say
1: the 2003 draft? Yes. Best draft, apparently.
2: Yeah. Um. What else? That was like I remember. It was like the amazing highs and lows of that. Like for me, you know, that was that's when I I finally accepted to myself. Broder was no longer elite at 37. <laughs> <laughs> Against the United States, like that was like when they lost five three. I remember that. where like even. <laughs> that's when I accepted finally. Okay, yeah, you're not. Not an all-star anymore. But.
1: Having, not having any of this broder talk.
0: Let me just yeah. look at Patrick Waugh's last two in the league. It was a 920 and a 925 play percentage. How, That's all I'm how old was he? I believe Waugh retired at 37. Oh, okay. I'm oh, going to double-check okay. how old was... While well, I am looking this up, favorite Olympic memories then, besides, let's say, the Golden Goal,
1: if it is. Oh, that has to... I don't think there's much that beats... 2010 if I'm gonna be uh, like if there's one that maybe beats it and I think it's it's the first gold medal in Canada by a Canadian athlete and now mm-hmm. his name's slipping my is I'm, I can't Alex, Bilodeau. Alex Bilodeau Alex Bilodeau yeah. uh, uh, Daniel already knows um like that I uh, it it really like felt like a special moment, even yeah. Though I didn't really understand it, but like looking back, that's probably it's probably that one. Yeah, mo it was moguls,
0: right? Yeah. I remember I remember watching it too, and I remember I was I was just as pumped as anyone else was, but I remember also thinking, Jesus Christ, why would you do moguls? Because your knees must be destroyed. Daniel, favorite Olympic memory.
2: Oh. I'm going to say like I'm going to do the cop out all of 2010 I think it just that was that was magical I've been watching everything
0: yeah
2: Um, I don't know like i I never thought I'd get into like ice dancing or um, like I don't know like the biathlon the one with the the, rif- the rifle and the skiing like you know it, it's just kind of like it opens all it all opens up and like I think you have more investment because it's in Canada
1: yeah
2: like 2014 like Sochi was great but I think it was a bit like more mundane, like you know, there wasn't the high drama in hockey, or like you know, Canada. You know, Canada was gonna win. Well yeah,
0: because was uh, <laughs> gonna. Have?
2: Like it was a great gold medal game, but you know, you beat Sweden three zero, and I remember that was when Nicholas Bastrom was like injured. They literally had no centers left on Sweden because like Henrik Sedin was also injured.
0: Was that was that also the year Backstrom missed a game because he was suspended for like enhancements, but it was really just a normal medication or something? Like?
2: Yeah, he missed the gold medal game because of that. <laughs> good,
0: good Nick Backs, decent player. I'm just gonna quickly read you guys the 2003 draft since we mentioned it. Uh Flurry, Eric Stahl, Nathan, Sorry, this is in order one to three. Nathan Horton, Nikolai Zherdev. Exactly. So, yeah, I know this it's is 2003. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Thomas Vanek, Milan Mihalik. Oh, gee, remember him. Ryan Souter,
1: Leafs Brake legend,
0: Holger, Milan Mihalik. Leon <laughs> Fennel, Andre Kishtitson, Jeff Carter, Hugh good Granger, Justin Brown, Brent Seabrook, the horse coming down the lane two foots ahead. It's Seabrook looking for the triple crown because he's like a horse. Uh, Zach Parise is around there. Eric Fair, Ryan Getzlaff, Brent Burns. Jesus Christ. Mark Stewart, not Anthony. Um, Ryan Kessler, Mike Richards, Anthony Stewart, Brian Boyle, Jeff Tambellini, Corey Perry. Louis Eriksson who- there. Patrice Bergeron,
1: Shea Weber. Do you know who else was picked in that draft? Corey Crawford. Paul Bizonet. <laughs> I just want to point that out.
0: So was Dan Carcillo. Oh. Damn, this is a yeah. There's Biz Nasty, 180 overall, and, and
1: two wins Brian. this year. Two wins this year. Jimmy Howard. Right, <laughs> that's true. That's it. Yep. that's all. You're a 271st
0: overall. Brian Elliott was the second last pick in that draft. And has had a, uh, an up-and-down career. Anyway, lads, shall we finish off by talking about the 2019-2020 NHL PA player poll?
1: Okay, okay. sir. All right. Uh, how
0: Shall we start with the on-ice or off-ice stuff?
1: Um, on-ice. All
0: right. So, just to read, this is from the NHL Player Association. Quote. Often imitated, but never duplicated. The NHL EA player poll is back of our 2019-2020 edition. Side note, um, is that just a shot at ESPN and the athletics? It feels like it kind of was. Sorry, continuing. Nearly 600 NHL players were it, surveyed on more than 20 hockey-related questions. Players weighed in on a variety of topics, covering skills, arenas, teams, and some on-ice fun. Off-ice fun. God dang it. Anyway... Keep going here. The players asked, "Who is the best forward in the league?" Any guesses who Colin it was?
2: McDavid. Daniel. Um. Yeah, yeah, McAyev.
0: It was Connor McDavid. <laughs> it was sixty-eight point three five percent. Crosby was second with fourteen point nine. Yeah. I'm not surprised Connor won, but by that much, I mean.
2: Yeah. I think it'd be a bit closer.
0: Yeah. By the way, disrespect Nathan McKinnon only gets 6.6%. Nikita Kucherov,
2: 2.8. I think it's the mention.
0: Yeah. Here we go. Best defenseman can anyone get? I say, you know what, Alex? You listen to the new episode of the Steve Dangle podcast,
1: Alex. Uh, yeah, but I don't remember what. Oh, I, mean, if- I don't remember the answers, to be honest. If the answer is not Victor Hedman, the NHL players can not do this poll. Daniel, I think it's Victor Hedman.
0: Thirty point eight percent is Victor Hedman.
1: What other mentions were there?
0: Um, twenty one point three percent was John Carlson. Nine percent was Roman. Six point five four percent for both Brent Burns and Drew Doughty.
2: Drew Doughty. Oh, Brent Burns—the is guy we left off on—like all our teams.
0: <laughs> so why are we giving the benefit of the doubt to Doughty and Burns and not Eric Carlson? Don't mind me, but you know. Well, well, we'll keep going. But, yeah, Victor Hedman is legitimately the best defenseman in the league because he has a scoring touch, but guess what? He also defends. Uh,
1: who is the best goalie in the league? It should be Andre Vasilevsky. John Gibson. I know it's not.
0: <laughs> John, Gibson. John Gibson. with 41.55% of the vote. It was your boy, Kerry. Goddamn Price, okay. back to Second, seventeen percent. Flurry gets eight point nine. Sergei Bobrovsky, who had a nine hundred percent <laughs> percentage, gets five point six three percent. This of
1: the- has to be the weirdest on ice player poll. Like just yeah. this specific one, this specific category. Number one, I'm sorry, Carey Price is not the best goalie anymore. Like I think, and I think Adam, you can admit this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah why is Sergei like how do you honestly put Sergey Bobrovsky on this list I don't know he had a 900 save percentage no respect for
0: Binner either no respect yeah. for the cup starter what about you Daniel what do you make of
2: this I don't I Like basing it on last year like his Columbus run I don't know uh, maybe <laughs> That's all I can think of.
1: Because He it turned it around against Tampa Bay. Maybe.
0: Hey, what was the best uh, coaching move of the first round? It was keeping Browski in net. Here's a very interesting one. If you need to win one game, who was the one player in any position you would want on your team?
1: Uh, it should be Sidney Crosby.
0: Daniel.
2: Uh, Kenny Malkin. It's
0: a good show. With 44.03%, it was Sidney Crosby. McDavid, 305 McKinnon gets
1: 4.1%. Patrice Bergeron, 3.3%. All good shouts. And, and I think the fact that Patrice Bergeron is on that list says a lot about the difference between being the best player in the game and the ability to win a game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, an, an aspect of being able to win important games is, is being good. But there's other, like, being involved in important games, the way Sidney Crosby has. We literally talked about 2010. You think about, he's, he's been part of, I think he won both Conn Smythes, um, right? In <laughs> 1516, I mean, I still think Phil Kessel, Phil Kessel should have won one of them, but he still obviously was important and showed that can win an important game. Whereas McDavid, no offense to McDavid, the last few years in Edmonton have not been so much fun.
2: Random fact, 2009, Conn Smythe was Evgeny Malkin. Really? Yeah.
1: That's interesting. Okay, Adam, I don't know what happened to Adam. Uh, Adam? Awesome. Okay. Um, why was Sir, can can we just talk about this a little bit? Why Sergey Bobrovsky was on the on the list?
2: Yeah, it was weird to me. Like he is so like such a for like forgettable season in Florida for him.
1: Yeah, like and, and it was funny. I don't know if you've been. Uh, were you on the episode when we talked about Luke Fox's article?
2: Yes, and he was—he uh, was one of the compliance bios. He's insane. He has like nine more years.
1: <laughs> yeah, like he—he uh, he has. I think he has six more years after this because he signed a seven-year contract.
2: Oh yeah, true. My bad. Is. Yeah. And,
1: and we were, and there was a discussion. They were talking about the last Steve Dangle episode, and they're like, "Man, like," or or they were talking about somewhere. Maybe it wasn't SDP, but potentially, like. You're not going to give a goalie a seven-year contract or an eight-year no. contract because you have no idea what's going to happen.
2: You know, honestly, that's Florida's desperation. Like, they want to build a contender now. They feel like they have the pieces. We're like, here and there they do. But, but I think they just kind of thought, like, we need a goalie now.
1: But I find that funny because they – around the trade deadline, Chris Johnston announced uh had come out and said oh uh, he said that uh the Panthers have to cut 10 million in cap. Mm-hmm. That's You think it's ha- like it's like a, it's like a s- that happens to be the exact amount Sergey Bobrovsky's making.
2: I think it's just like that okay, two things I kind of find with that. It was like small market desperation. Like you know, they kind of have a formula here to kind of, you know, make the playoffs. And second, it was, I don't know, free agency adrenaline. I find like well, it's just kind of like, oh, let's do this. It's
1: funny you say that because they were one of the teams who was also in on Artemi Panarin. Imagine yeah. if they were the team that signed Panarin and Bobrovsky.
2: <clears throat> That'd be wild.
1: It'd be insane. What, what would Florida like? Yes, Florida would be a different team, but if Bobrovsky's putting up this num these numbers, like what do you get? Does it outweigh what Painehan's doing?
2: You're gonna have a lot of six five games.
1: Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Adam's back. Uh,
0: yeah. Sorry, uh, I have lost power, so oh, nice. uh, I'm not. Oh, wow. I have um. Uh, I heard you talking about the Panthers. Have we looked at the most complete player yet? Or? No, I
1: haven't. I, do you ha- still have the list up, or should I? Uh...
0: I. Um,
2: I have the I, list as well. Okay.
0: Okay, I have the on player one, but I think if I hit off ice, then I'm going to lose it. So okay. I'll just.
2: So let's I'll finish, finish the on this.
1: player, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So most complete player is Sidney Crosby, forty-five point five percent. Not surprised. Bergeron was second, twenty-five point five, and Barkov seven point five. Getting some love is all
1: Sasha. Question for you guys Does most complete player essentially mean best two way player?
2: I think so. Yeah.
1: Because listen to the players you named. We talk about, I think we had this discussion uh, earlier this year. Um, Probably towards the beginning of the season, who would win the awards? And we talked about who, and and Adam and I got into a heated debate about if Patrice Bergeron's a top five center of, in general, but I'd say he's the best two way forward. So, are complete players and two way forwards
2: the same thing?
1: I'd say so. Sounds
2: like. Uh, it. Would you add in? Would you add in like leadership to that as well? Character. Yeah.
1: I guess so. It just seems weird. No offense to Barkov, of, but I feel like just seems like an odd name to put in there if you're thinking about leadership.
0: I mean, he is their captain.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, but I feel like their team is so all over should- the place, and, and that potentially could be because of ownership, obviously, but... I don't
0: know. Um, yeah, you know, um, moving on. Yeah, I, just a final thing on Barkov. I really like him. But, yeah, again, sure. yeah, the, you have to question the Panthers and what's really going on in there. Uh, the best trash talker in the game, 25.87%. Yeah. The rat, Brad Martian, and second, 13.7% is Drew Dowdy.
1: Do you know what I find? And, and I, I think this is the next next one, and I guess I don't want to skip forward to it, but... They're so These players are so indecisive. Mm-hmm. He's the best trash talker and the worst.
0: So someone has their feelings hurt. What? You talk about that. Uh, worst trash talker, 10.5% said Brad Marsh. And by the way, number one being 10.5, you can clearly tell there's a lot of people who are apparently very bad at trash talking. Yeah. Dowdy is also second worst. Third worst is P.K. Subban. But yeah, he he talks a lot. Um, the same thing they they used to say about Steve Ott—he was the best and worst trash talker because he didn't stop talking. This was a really interesting one. I, I did not expect this. The fourth worst trash talker in the league is Montreal fourth liner Nick Cousins. Like what? Where did he come
1: from? <laughs> I saw that, uh, and I'm like, I, I knew you were gonna bring it up on the episode and I'm like man this just seems like the weirdest it did like I just I I could never imagine him trash talking and he obviously does and he <laughs> might not be good at it and I thought the same.
2: sorry name. about that no worries You never think of Nick Cousins I
0: don't know just kudos to him. <laughs> nice guy he's got some great dogs I'll tell you that he's some videos fantastic dogs right but I just it's Nick Cousins, right? Must be he must talk a like, lot. You must know this Nick Cousins was when he's on the ice. <laughs> now, member of the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay, of all players, past and present, who would you pay to see? Number one is the great one Wayne Gretzky. Number two, Bobby Orr.
1: Is uh, I like how you stopped at number two because number three is Mario Lemieux.
0: Yeah, the like fifth best player of all time. <laughs> the one who cries about montreal beating pittsburgh because it was a boring game dude Be quiet. Oh. like man marty brodura made a career after like being boring so you know you're gonna make fun of him too
1: yeah but they um, also he also we were talking about martin Brodeur, and i happened to come across an article uh, it, it was an older article i don't know why the hell it popped up why i, I had seen it but they had put in the, the uh, trapezoid because of Martin Broder. I'm just saying. Yeah, just saying.
2: That's just pretty saying. interesting to watch. You know, that's not one Or that hybrid style. I don't know, guys. <laughs> I'm just saying. The, the smaller saying, pads. I love it. Anyway,
0: I have internet again, but I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick on my phone just okay. in case something goes wrong. But I can reload this. Okay. Would you like to see players' personalities expressed on their equipment? And if so, how? And 40% said skates and
1: i i mean sure uh, i don't really care. no I, I i don't i'd like okay i'd like to see players personalities in general um i, I think oh adams gone no go. I'm, I'm here i'm here, I'm, uh, here. Okay. I'm here um i'd like to see players personalities in general but on, uh, and I think of all the places they could, I mean, the two places I think would be the most reasonable would be the, would be the stick. I don't know if the stick was an option, but. It was I'm second with 4.7% of the vote. Stick and skates. I think it's hard to do the helmet because it's part of the uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the goalies having their own special helmets is, I like it. I think it's just a separate uh, discuss- It's a separate type of helmet I don't know how to ex- describe it But It's not the same as the player's helmet
0: Yeah I mean so, you look at Ben Bishop Of Glow in the Dark Mask Yeah That's, uh, Was it Curtis Joseph had like a tiger Or whatever on his
2: Yes yeah. That's cool That's really cool no, it's, it's Cujo It's the, it's the uh, dog Is it a dog yeah, because it's in the it's from the Stephen King book.
1: Right, right, yes. All right,
0: this is the final hockey related one. Who is the best female player, uh, female hockey player in the world? Number one, this shouldn't even be a question. It's Marie Philippe Uh Second place, probably the best American player here. Thirty-six point two nine percent of the vote goes to Hillary Knight. Third place, fifteen point five is Kendall Cole Schofield, and Emily Matheson with one point four one percent of the vote. So he's in there, but. Not as much as the French sensation that is Mary Philippe. Yeah. yeah. You
1: know who's the, not on this list? Amanda Kessel. Amanda Kessel? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Aaron there. Has nothing to do with her brother.
0: Is she actually related to Phil?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Alright, well yeah.
2: Apparently Phil said she has the better wrist shot in the family. <laughs>
0: I mean, If Phil's saying that, and, like, Phil's the guy who just goes down the wings and snipes their home, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Off ice. Would you be in favor of relaxing game day dress codes similar to the NBA? 73% said yes, and then 27% said no. Funny thing here is the picture they have for yes are the three Toronto (laughs) Maple Leafs. I know.
1: (laughs) i sure. I don't care.
0: No, I I, I like the suits. I'm sorry, Uh, but I just – I like the thing of, you know, I think it's a triple A is when you start wearing, you know, the shirts and the ties to the ring. I don't know if this is me, but I, I like it too much. I don't want. I think it's just going to get too silly. So <laughs> I think keep the nice suits and that keep your ties.
2: I no. don't care. What about casual Fridays?
0: <laughs> I mean, there's a, I don't think they play a lot on Fridays, do you
2: team? No, I don't, I don't know what mean. casual day. I don't okay, know. Okay, casual so, Saturdays. Yeah, no. casual Saturday. <laughs> casual Saturday night hockey you, night in Canada.
0: You can't have a dude wearing, you know, slacks and a turtleneck on hockey night in Canada. You
2: can't do what that. There is a beach there. What about you, a blazer over the turtleneck? You know
1: what no. Ooh. No. Daniel's Daniel's got an idea You know what I find interesting is you know what? Not okay. So let's say you're not an NBA fan. Right? But you know what they always talk about the non NBA fans. I see them talk about all the time what the players wear.
2: Yeah, I read like a lot of '90s players. I think are, like, you should.
1: I think you should change okay. it. It brings in more fans. Just saying.
0: No, come on. Listen, yeah, no, no. Yeah. you know what I hate? I've hate so much this year that just because Austin Matthews wears a mustache, he's all of a sudden the most stylish player in the league, and he wears that hat, even though P.K. Subban has been doing that since, like, 2010, yeah, but... and no one paid me attention to it. The most frustrating thing in the world. I'm not jealous. Anyway, though, who is the funniest player in the NHL? If you're close enough to the game, this isn't a surprise, actually. 17%. Keith Yandel, yeah.
1: funniest player. Yeah, That's what I, well, I mean. I'm f- pretty sure sometimes, uh, depending on the player they have, they usually ask about it on 31 Thoughts when they yeah. have a player on, and then everyone just says
2: Keith Yandel. Uh, no Drew one said Jonathan Dab- Davis. I'm surprised.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the personality of a two-by-four. Uh, Drew Downey has 6.9%. Marsham 56 Fourth place with four point seven percent is Phil the Thrill Kessel.
2: I like it.
1: <laughs> hey man. Mm-hmm. Good one, Randy. Good one.
0: Randy, which player has which players have the best bromance in the league? I am surprised that Joel Thornton and Brett Burris were only second with five percent. Six point four percent went to David Toronto Rally to win it. Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin get four point five. Um 3.6% said Marsh and Bergeron at the same time. I love this. Kachuk and Drew Doughty. And then uh, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn get 3.6%. They should probably be higher Who thought
1: well. it was funny to put uh, Kachuk Doughty? Kachuk? Kachuk, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. You thought he thought it was funny to put it there.
0: Oh, of course he did.
1: You know, who else called- voted for it? The only people who probably voted for it was all his Calgary teammates.
0: No, oh no! His, I'm sure he called up guys like
1: Matt,
0: U.S. program, and said, "Hey guys, this would be really funny."
1: No, I feel like Matthews voted for himself.
0: Oh, for <laughs> sure he would.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, who is the best follow on social media? PK. Number so went to PK. Man, I follow PK, and I'm getting real sick of the workout videos. I won't lie to you.
1: Is he still doing the dead lifting?
0: The only C I think him lifting is literally his wife in this, like, Um. push-up. Or his fiancée, Lindsey Vaughn. Second was Alex Ovechkin at 6.3. Brad Martian at 4.3. You know, all he does is, like, advertise tractors and that. Max Domi at 4.3%. Tractors? He he just does, like, agriculture. It's like Brad Martian is, like, the prototypical dude, you know, bleak post. Domi, yeah, fourth with 4.3%. Max Domi, people don't realize it. Max Domi's so good at blending in as a hab. And he's, he's so good at it, it's just, but it, it's infuriating.
2: What do you he,
1: mean he, blending in as a hab? He is a hab.
0: Every little thing you can tweet out to make hats fans love you a little bit more, Max Domi doesn't because he knows how to play the game so well and how to grow his own brand. Um, which player isn't on social media but should be? Sidney Crosby, number one with 25%. Joe Thornton with 7%. Tyler Ennis with 5%, and a player who I swear, if there's
1: someone more boring than Jonathan Taves is Jay Bomeister with 3.8%. Let's be clear, all these players have social media, but these players don't have official social media accounts.
0: I don't think Jay Bomeister has Twitter. I, I, I like, Ennis, I would be, I wouldn't, I, you know, Chris. like, Sydney, I'm sure, has the ear to the ground, maybe even Joe, but... Tommy Suna or they use their wives accounts like Patrick does. probably which is, yeah. who has the best nickname in the league
1: uh, was it Tatar
0: it was yeah. Thomas Tuna Tatar you know it's great whenever he's the first star of the home game we show the quad the in-ring announcer for the Habs doesn't just do Thomas Tatar he goes Thomas Tuna Tatar oh, I love him Whatever you call him, it you have to do the tatar thing from that one, <laughs> one, that one game. Seven, uh, sorry, second place was seven point three percent. Is David Pasta Pasternak Artemi the bread and Panera was five point seven, and a really weird one because I forgot this guy even existed. two point six nine percent was Christian Fisher, whose name is Stinky.
1: That, that one completely came out of nowhere. I've I never only- heard this before.
0: He's not on here, but I want to give a shout out to Eric Howler because apparently we we're talking about this in 31 Thoughts after the trade deadline. Eric Howler's nickname is ha- Hall of Famer because he's so popular. and uh, the last one on the list. Oh wait, no, it's not. No, it's not. The last one for this section. Who has? Who is the best golfer in the league? I don't, it's Joe Pawlowski, apparently.
2: That's surprising. Which, I mean,
1: That's surprising. Yeah, because I don't know how Sharp much... have time. I know. I thought it was definitely gonna be a leaf from two thousand something to two thousand twelve. Tyler Bozak is there. Bozak was second. Ah, uh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Is Phil Kessel on there?
0: No, that's a former Oilers
1: awesome.
0: uh, Justin Schultz, yeah. Islander, Cal Clutterbug, uh Mark Stone, former Sen, and then also Greg McKegg of the Rangers.
1: Uh former Leaf Great. There we go, Daniel. <laughs> Set it for me.
0: Uh, this is the last. Okay, this is the last section of everything. Arena. arena and teams. The best visiting locker room. It's the Oilers' new no arena. Surprise. the not- Second is Vegas T-Mobile, of course, and Little new Caesars arena. is there.
1: New arena. New
0: um, best jersey. Everyone seems to think it's the Blackhawks when it's not. Um, I'm sorry, it's not. Uh, you... the Vegas Golden Knights are second. The Leafs are third, wait. and the Rangers are fourth. Wait, Why, wait, wait, the Leafs? Wait. Everyone's a Leafs fan, but Who's... Vegas and the Blackhawks Who
1: has don't the... have. Who has the best jersey?
2: The Mighty Ducks of Anaheim.
0: Can I count like home jerseys, like normal plain jerseys? I really like Colorados. Okay. Making it a point to not say Montreal,
1: even though Montreal have some damn fine I just jerseys. Assumed he would, I just assumed you're gonna say Montreal.
0: No, I like Colorado's jerseys a lot more than I like. And I'm I'm not bringing up alternatives because then you have to say either the Ducks,
2: yeah. or yeah. Vancouver's
0: black ones. But I, I, still I love
2: Pittsburgh's their home jersey. I love it, Pittsburghs, hmm? Pittsburghs.
0: No, like the the no? yellow one, or where like the yellow is more of an accent than the trim because they're just like yellow. Ones. The
2: more yellow one.
0: No. No. No.
1: I know you said the leaf, you said the Leafs were on there, right?
0: Yes, they were a third.
1: Those leaf jerseys, the ones that with the picture that was there are ten times better than what they were using before fifteen sixteen. Oh, yeah, the great definitely. One? The 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 um like I have the jersey upstairs. It is the I hate that jersey so much. It looks fake. It looks so weird. Let's see. Oh, like this one. I have it. Like this this shape. You see? Yeah. It? Like that's the, it. the straight edges. I'm like, man, it just looks very weird. But that's Hero Ballard. Yes. Sorry, Daniel,
0: what do you think? Which arena, Daniel, has the best ice in the league? Arena? Yeah, which arena has the best ice?
2: It's going to have to go with Scotia Bank.
1: <laughs> I, I know what he's setting up because I
2: know the answer. <laughs> I know. He sets it up like this, I know it's coming up.
0: Okay, no, because you say this, but Don Cherry always used to say, um, I think Bobby Orr references it in his book, that Don Cherry always talks about back when he played, like playing in all these crappy bards until you get to step foot on the silky ice of the Montreal Forum. Of course, now the form is retired, now it's the Bell Center. But if there is a team that has always had the best ice, of course it's Montreal, the Bell Center is number one. Rogers' place is second. Uh, Bell T MTS said that Bell MTS placed with Winnipeg's is uh, third. The T Mobile Vegas is also there. So one of so the newest team in the league, probably the newest arena, and, and also a pretty new one with Winnipeg. And then the Bell Center because nobody does ice I'm like Montreal. Just wanted to point it out. And then the last one, who has the best mascot, fifth place was Yuppie
1: and first place was Green. I love how he only chooses two, his own team and the team who comes in first. I'm just yes. pointing it out. I'm just pointing it out. No one, else, yeah. no one else wants to know who second, third, and fourth are.
0: you be a Hall of Famer. Have some respect. I
1: don't... Yeah, but how about second, third, and
2: fourth?
0: Okay. It was they
2: need love, too. Yeah.
0: It was Nash, second from Nashville. Oh, great. Okay. A blue cat. Who cares? This isn't King howler howler how, Howler from the Yotes who looks like a bear Bailey, Cam Howler sorry
2: Cam Howler
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bailey the lion was fourth Even he should be much higher he was the original like funny mascot and uh and yeah Yuppie the hall of famer the two sport athlete that is Yuppie
1: the two sport what's the his second sport
0: he used to be the... Uh, he was the Expos' um, mascot. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, I, I mean,
0: if, if, if the Rays go to Montreal, I don't know what we're going to do about Yuppie because he's ours now, so...
1: Probably nothing. They'll just make their own mascot. Yeah,
0: but he is theirs.
1: So we we kinda, okay. Yeah, but they, look what they did with the Jets. The Jets left, and then they came back and they redesigned everything. Yeah,
0: they don't have their own records, though. All right, uh, I'm just going to check on twitter maybe something's
2: happened probably, not, probably not
0: um anyway lads i think that was a successful episode
2: it's just fun yeah. A lot of content.
1: yeah make sure to um check out the well if you're listening to this on the youtube page make sure to check out the instagram page if you're not listening to this on youtube make sure to check out the youtube page make sure to like And subscribe. Make sure to follow the Instagram page. And I don't know if he's still doing this anymore. Go check out Adam's YouTube page. The link is all Uh, in the description. There's nothing to talk about.
2: Encourage us to make more videos there. Sorry? Make more videos. He encourages us if we tell the followers.
1: And I all the all our social medias i realized i have not been putting daniel's social media in the description because i've been just been copying pasting from the last couple last couple ones so i'm gonna make sure daniel's social media is in the description down below make sure to follow us and have a nice day